Cascadia and the edge of the world, Euphomet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening. I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to another edition of Night Drift, presented by Euphomet. Broadcasting tonight from The Mothership, the studio of 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle. Of course, we are also streaming worldwide at nightdrift.com. And maybe soon we'll be on Instagram Live or TikTok or something, because I was just on both those platforms, just just like some carnival barker, letting people know that we are about to go live. So thank you for listening, whether it's terrestrially or digitally. Really appreciate it. Tonight, we're going to have a great show. We chat with Elaine Hathaway on tarot and magic. She can she considers herself a conduit, someone who can reconnect people to their own awareness of possibility and magic. She comes to us highly recommended. It should be a really interesting chat as I have. I have so much to learn about practices like these, even though I've experienced them. I've had readings done. I've done readings in some degree whether it's tarot or it's an oracle deck. So I do have this experience, but there's so much that I want to ask her about this. That's tonight. And, you know, earlier this week, wow, it's been a great week. I've spent most of the week up here in Seattle. A few days ago, I was with the folks at Liminal Earth. You may have seen us on Instagram Live or TikTok or on their Patreon. They do this thing on Wednesday nights, inspired by John Keel. You know, there was this idea based on statistical reports and data generated in the 50s and 60s, that Wednesday nights at around 10 p.m. were the time to go outside and look for UFOs. So they started this really fun thing where they just gather a bunch of people online, sometimes together, and they go and just watch the skies. Now, if that wasn't enough for them, they've started doing divination they started to do the, net, the the Estes method. If you're familiar with that, I'm sure listeners are. And I went out and joined them on Wednesday. And it was right after we met for a presentation by some local gentlemen on the historical importance of the men in black and their origin in Tacoma. Or as they were saying, Des Moines, Washington. That's, it's, I know. If you're listening in Des Moines, I get it. Like, they say it differently. But needless to say, the origin of the men in black right here in the Pacific Northwest today. But anyway, go check out what the folks at Liminal Earth are doing. It was really fun uh, joining them. Except your burritos aren't safe. Your burritos aren't safe. They'll eat your food right out of your back, these Liminal Earth people. And if you watch the videos live, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But I'll still be having Liminal Earth on the program tonight. Garrett Kelly, one of the founders of Limo Earth, will join me in this first segment. So also, before we get to the program, a new Euphemet drops this week. It drops this week on the Euphemet feed. It's a really scary childhood story about a sleepover that will never be forgotten. This one has real, I don't know, Spielberg vibes to it, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's, it was a pleasure to work on. I think you're going to really enjoy it. That's going to release this Thursday on the Euphemet feed. And we're also opening lines tonight. We're opening lines in particular in the second half of the program. Join the conversation 
We want to hear from you. Share your story, 425-373-5527, or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. This is Night Drift, and I'm Jim Perry. We'll talk to you right after this. show on social media at Euphomet, E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T. Teenagers care about ham radio. <laughs> but I made a video, I don't know if you saw where I went. There's like a, they do like a twice daily uh, radio net, like a ham radio net, where basically people just like check in and there's like a net control person who runs the net and like you like say your call sign and they write your name down and they say, okay, Wisher, you can talk now for three minutes about whatever you want. <laughs> Wow. And and like everyone just kind of checks in like about their day. It's a lot of like, well, I went to Lowe's and I got some, you know, like, you know, really <laughs> it's a lot of old people. Yeah. But I asked uh, if like anyone had any advice for trying to talk to the Black Knight satellite. Oh, wow. You know that? Yeah. That satellite? Yeah. You describe like, that. Describe that a little bit. Like, what is the Black the, Knight satellite? Well, it's this like conspiracy theory that's online about like there's this image that I think NASA has of this thing that's floating in space. And some people think it's like an ancient alien satellite that's been orbiting the earth. Um, and like, I think NASA's official explanation is that it's just like a space thermal blanket that like flew out of the ISS or something. And it's just orbiting earth now because probably that, bur- that happens they leave the window open you know as <laughs> one does and yeah it's like a mcdonald's sandwich wrapper flying out the windows one of those kinds of things you know um <laughs> but yeah so there's a picture of it It looks really weird you know and i think if it was that it probably had burned up in the atmosphere now is what i'm hearing but what i wanted to know is like 
I've seen these pictures of like all the space debris that's around Earth, kind of like pig pen from Charlie Brown, you know, it's just like orbiting all the space trash. Yeah. And that blanket, maybe, maybe that's still there or that Black Knight satellite. And like, could you use a ham radio to like, like beam a signal off of it if you could like find its orbit? Yeah, right. On like, or like, I know that when the International Space Station is going by, you can actually point an antenna at it and sometimes, or other satellites and hear a beacon that it is giving off. So like, could we wow. find that satellite and like try to listen? Is That's it giving so off any cool. signals? Yeah. I think that would be like, I would love to figure out how to do that. Even if it, you don't have to believe that, that it really is ancient alien satellite, just the cool right. experiment for fun, right. you know? Right. So I would love to do that. Oh, that's amazing. So I was asking <laughs> him, like, people on the ham radio net were just like, whoa, you took this into a new direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're like, uh, oh, the uh, spirit of uh, W06BB, Art Bell is back on here on ham. Right. Tell us, it is... No, yeah, he's a ham. He's a ham. Yeah. Yeah. That, or he was a ham. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was like Tim the Toolman Taylor and um, Tim Allen and Alf. Alf. Was a ham radio operator? Alf the alien. The alien. Yeah. In fact, that's how he came to Earth, I think. There's a video of the opening. Is like they're in the garage talking on ham radio, and then Alf crashes into the garage. Yeah. Well, I think that's a sign for you and your attempts at the Black, at the Black Knight satellite. I know. <laughs> uh, we're here with Sorry. Garrett Kelly of Liminal Earth. And we're just diving deep into uh, all sorts of, of, of random talk here. Uh, thanks for joining Night Drift again, Garrett. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, well, I think it's fascinating. And I think I love this idea of using, you know, sort of an older technology like ham, which is still incredibly relevant uh, with this idea of can you contact extraterrestrial you know, sort of craft or technology. You know, what's really interesting to think about is if you have a sighting, say, uh, mm-hmm. like on WUFO, on WUFO, which I'm going to ask about you, Wednesday Night UFO. What if you could find those coordinates quickly? And if it's a repeated sighting, like actually send a little signal up there to it and say, yes. hey, what's yeah. up? Right, absolutely. Like um, what I want to do, and I haven't done this yet, I've seen people make antennas. You can make part of uh, a lot of amateur radio is building your own antennas and radios. You can make your own radios Mm. um, and antennas. And I've seen this really cool design with just like less than $20, make an antenna, you know, with like PVC pipe. And they use uh, like a tape measure and they cut it up and they use that as like the antenna bars. And like, you can like, you know, aim it into the sky. Like I'm like one of the Ghostbusters, you know, and like, find the if you see a ufo like beaming directly at that and sending signals to it wow it's like like a signal gun yes yes (laughs) so i really want to try to do this i mean i haven't seen any ufos yet doing the ufo watch but i think you know having this technology in case some one of them appears and seeing if i can beam a signal directly at it I just, I really want to try that. Was, I don't know if like that is in the actual FCC license that I have as a ham radio <laughs> operator, if I'm allowed to try to talk to UFOs. There's but. there's not a bylaw that, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, stops you from using a, a UFO signal gun? 
<laughs> yeah, no, no, you know, but I, there's a story and I, I don't know where it is. But we, when we got first, we we're looking into it. There's apparently a woman who was trying to use her ham radio to talk to ghosts. And oh. I think she got her license revoked because I think part of what you're doing when you're doing ham radio is you're supposed to be trying to contact other hams. You can't be trying to contact people who are not hams. Wow. Um, so I don't know, but it's like, is this a weird gray area? I don't. Right. It's just an interesting question. I think. So because if it's I don't, not I don't Alf upstairs, to... if it's not yeah, Alf, who happens to be <laughs> no. a ham operator, right, <laughs> right, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm willing to take the risk on this one. If if I see a UFO, I'm gonna. It's like an emergency situation. We got to make con- try to make contact. So what a pirate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeez. I'm a pirate. Good thing no one's here in this conversation right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, hey, um, what's the what? What is uh, Wednesday night UFO? What's WUFO? Well, it just started with this um, person on Twitter uh, making. A, they made mention that John Keel, the person who wrote the Mothman prophecies, uh, he wrote that uh, the supposedly the best time to see a UFO is a Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Mm. And I don't really know if that is like you know, really valid or, you know, we we're kind of putting that to the test and it doesn't really even matter. It's just kind of a fun, like, um, recurring thing to go out at 10 PM on Wednesday and just like look up in the sky. And we're trying to encourage as many people as we can just go do that. Um, look up into the sky, see if there you spot anything. And for me, it was just like a fun, like, Hey, let's just do this. And then more and more people like, Hey, I want to do that. And they took pictures of themselves doing it. And I was surprised, uh, going out and looking up and just how, I mean, I've been kind of a hermit for the last two years, you know, even staying in my house. And like, it was such a nice feeling to go outside and just have some quiet time outside. It felt like kind of like a groundhog, the Mm. groundhog emerging, you know, (laughs) like, like, and like, I just felt like so peaceful to come back outside, you know, and like, yeah. it felt like reemerging into the world again mm-hmm. and kind of the mystery that's out there. Yeah. So it was like that, that's why I'm excited about it. And we're doing all these weird experiments, like making UFO water or we leave water out overnight, kind of like in a, a witchy way to like infuse it with the UFO energy and then having this water that we can use for magical purposes yeah. or, <laughs> You know, we're trying to communicate with them using spirit boxes or maybe now radios. Um, so, yeah, just doing lots of little UFO experiments and seeing what other people are experiencing all over the world. So we made a website, Wufo, 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 Wufo.watch. Um, and so people can go see like what we're doing that week and, and participate and send pictures or tell us if they experience anything. And of course, when you're talking about you guys you know, qualify that oh. a little bit. Who, who are you talking about? Who's, who's Liminal Earth over there? <laughs> so Liminal Earth is this map that my friend Jeremy and I started a couple of years ago, and it's just a map of people's uh, paranormal experiences. So we like crowdsource stories of people experiencing weird things, Bigfoot, ghost, UFOs, but also just like strange things like a you know, someone seeing a dog walking down the street wearing human shoes, just like anything bizarre. Yeah. Anything bizarre that just doesn't make sense. feels more like a dream, but it's happened. Um, We want to put those stories on a map. And we also just recently Bex, who's a a, a, reporter here, right at night. Yeah. Reporter for you. She's also one of the liminal earth team members now. um, And she's great. 
And so, yeah, such an experimenter. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. She's like gung-ho for everything. Like, let's do that. She's like, yeah, let's go. So it's great having her energy doing stuff. Um, yeah, it's really fun. And yeah, that's Liminal Earth, I guess. Yeah. Um, and people have been watching you guys on Instagram Live and reviewing mm-hmm. things on TikTok. And then you have a whole community of people that feel more connected by just being out doing these sky watches together, even if they're connected sort of digitally. Right, right. I think that's the thing is like, it feels really cool to know other people are out there, you know, scanning the skies at like the, roughly the same time. Yeah. So I think that's a, I don't know, it just feels like a bigger community. And we're, I'm really about like that, like let's, um, making it as open to as many people as you want. And you don't have to believe in any of this stuff too. It's just like a fun, we're trying to make it fun. Like yeah. this is, um, like a, I really want it to be uh, something that people can engage in, whether or not you have any belief in any of it. And yeah. I think we try to, I'm, I'm tend to be a little silly about it because I also want it to be approachable for people. And I sure. want people to feel comfortable telling me, I, I'm not going to try to debunk your story. Right. I want to hear what you have to say. And um, I, I, I'm people have such varied, strange, interesting experiences. So I want to know all about them. So, I think it's just about that. I want to be as approachable and open as possible. Yeah, it's so, so much fun. We try to make this is like a free thing that people can go do with us, and yeah. And you have punch cards now for uh, yeah, we have punch cards. Like you know, I don't know what people get after they uh, click all twelve. You know, punch hole in, all in twelve abduction, of the UFOs. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah, horrible totally. cosmic joke that you folks have put together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I was gonna say? Is um. One of the things that I think's, um, I don't know how to slide this in, but I was thinking about this. Um, you know, I used to be scared of this stuff, like really pretty heavily when I was a kid, even to like my twenties, yeah. I was kind of nervous about UFOs and like that show sightings, you know, even when uh, we first met. Yeah, I know. Like people, I, I had these terrifying feelings about, aliens like peeking in the windows it's just like something that really freaked me out a lot and i I knew rationally like well it was probably you know just whatever but i would still be scared of it and i think doing this kind of stuff and like uh being able to tell our own story like kind of create weird narratives and stuff like it gives me more control over that and i feel less scared to be able to like learn how to you know build stories and, and and kind of like uh, I don't know, just re, re use that word re mythologize, you know, like it kind of like the storytelling helps me put up barriers a little bit and ha- allows me to engage with it. How I want to engage with it mm-hmm. is instead of just being terrified of it yeah. all the time. So I think like, that's why I try to make these like positive events and more of a fun, like it's fun to engage with mystery. I just don't want to be terrified. Yeah. Right. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I understand that completely. And listen, for all that we may be learning about what could be our relationship to this phenomenon is that it's co, you know, creative and that right. our ability, like that you know, to kind of shape these narratives could potentially direct the result in what our relationship is. Like we get to yeah. kind of shape what that is sometimes. So I think it's, I like that word. I think it's so smart. Yeah. yeah. You can use yeah. it. <laughs> You can use it on co-creative. The, I love it. Yeah, like we'll like how it. you get engaged with it is how it kind of responds with you. Maybe. I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. question. Yeah. Um, well, I went and did this with you guys last week uh, yeah. in person. 
and it was so <laughs> much fun. It was so great. Uh, Bex was great. She had set up the campsite for us already, like reserved this great right. spot, this um, peninsula that essentially goes into the sound called uh, Dash Point. And we were at this campground with, uh, you know, uh, people around us, like probably sleeping, doing normal camping things. <laughs> it was a very yeah. quiet, dark <laughs> campground. And we were there, yeah. like Bex immediately started a fire, like the, like a professional, um, I don't know, like a, a logger or something. Like some, <laughs> like, like some, she was just like so quick at it and so good. It would have took you and I ages <laughs> to start a fire. It's true. She was just it's like, true. bam, there it is. <laughs> and uh, then we, we we did a lot of experiments. We created some content around it out there. And I wasn't just able to be witness to, you know, you and Bex's process through this and how much yeah. you try out things. And sometimes to the degree of like you were trying out things where I was like, oh, wow, okay. How am I supposed to be present in this? How am I supposed to present <laughs> in this time? Um, how should I or should not contribute? And I think what was great about it was it 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 breaking down any preconceived notions about what is it supposed to be or mm -hmm. what it isn't supposed to be. And it just was what it was. And that's an incredibly yeah. liberating feeling when dealing with the unknown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you felt like uh, just we didn't have, so you're saying we didn't feel like we had like a set agenda exactly like, or like that there wasn't a, a f what are you saying exactly? Like that there is not, you guys didn't have any pre existing expectations about what you were going to collect or what results right. needed to be orientated for this to be worth your time. And I think a lot of people that explore the paranormal who consider maybe themselves professionals mm -hmm. have a lot of ideas going in about, well, if we don't collect uh -huh. this or that, maybe it wasn't uh, beneficial to our process. And I right. didn't feel that way with you guys. I felt like, hey, it's just good to be out here together. Oh, definitely. That, just that was fun, like hanging out, kind of telling spooky stories around the f fire with each oh, other so and like, hanging out. And like, I think we got like weird messages that came through. Um, and at the moment I didn't know what they meant. You know, I, I was very, it felt like Bex was just like channeling something that was just yeah. like spouting off all this stuff. And we were like, not even asking a lot of questions. It was just like fire hose. And this and was stuff. during Bex's know. Estes session method. Yeah. She, she was doing like a spirit box, like trying to make contact with any entity that was there that maybe, um, was interacting with us mm -hmm. and i think it was just like let's just do this and see what happens and kind of document that and um so you were able like, to connect the dots to some things that were I, presented later you think i don't i don't know if we did yet i mean i still have to review that a little bit and it's just kind of like it's been sitting with me mm -hmm. one thing that stuck out there are two things that happened that were weird we saw this white cat yeah that walked through our camp's ground um, and we're like the kind of like a foresty campground and there's this stray white cat that came and visited us. Um, you speculated it was there to eat the half eaten burrito that Bex yes. had um, stolen from you. Yes. <laughs> Eat, yeah. Ready to but, finish um, off the job. <laughs> but um, the other thing was that there's a, 
a point where the one of the things that Beck said was, I have a gift for you. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird, you know, that sentence stuck out. And then the next day, uh, we got that message from someone who said, hey, I was in this uh, par- parking lot in Renton, and I found this giant pile of oranges. And the only <laughs> I, I Googled it, and I came upon your website. And so we, Jeremy and I, uh, like back in November, had heard about these giant piles of oranges in the forest in Renton, Washington. And it's just, a, they're peeled oranges. And they're in a place that Jeremy and I have also experienced weird things. Um, lots of other weird things. So the oranges were back, basically. Wow. And I just wonder if that was some kind of like, if, it, if it's at all related. Yeah. Like this, like, I have a gift for you. Like, here's your, the oranges again. And the oranges have become like this thing again on TikTok. People are like, what are the oranges doing there? Like, why? <laughs> they they don't belong there. These oranges are so out of place. And there's two giant piles of them. It's just a bizarre, you know, mysterious produce. <laughs> and, you know, how, how much does it say that if it is the oft occasion that there is a gift being presented to you that it's at a place that you have already had experiences in a relationship with. It's almost like your, uh, your post office box for the weird and they knew yeah, your address. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like that is a known location that we can interact with each other there. Yeah. And it's a place that we just constantly is like, like I say, just constantly delivers. There's a, always something weird happening there when we go there. And I don't know what about that. It's called the Black River Riparian Forest. It's near Renton. It's where the Black River, a little piece of it is. Um, it's just a strange area. And we've been going there over and over again. There's, And every time something strange happens. So I don't know if that is, yeah, is that our P.O. box to the the, the unknown right there? I don't, could be. <laughs> but, but I like this relationship thing where it's like, gift giving back and forth and and like um the slow relationship we're building with whatever this thing is yeah um, right and who's to say what what happens over time right right well the the video on tiktok the mystery oranges are back are already it's already up to like eighteen thousand plays so yeah. people are digging this but some of these things that you have on here man like almost a million plays on some of these is this right yeah there's that the dream park one is yeah unreal now you guys had me you inspired me to start a tiktok yeah yeah. i had to co-star in some of these that you were working on and i put up (laughs) i put up a video i'll share it with you garrett if that's okay yeah can i share this with you the kknw studios for night drift wrong one one sec (laughs) this one so i'm staying in this hotel and i want to know if this has ever happened to you i got out of the shower this morning and i looked in the mirror and my eyes were holographic and they were fucking glowing (laughs) okay (laughs) so that's my one and only tiktok i'll ever do well this only one you're no you have to do limited edition what I don't know <laughs> about like it yet. Let's let's talk about that later. We'll see if you can continue pulling okay. me back into that. But that experience okay. that I had, I wanted to share with you. Uh, it was an authentic experience. Yeah. And I think there was something physiologically slash um, uh, uh, me- meteorolo- 
meteorologically meteorologically i've never said that before it's very hard to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, there was something to do with the perhaps you know, a scientific explanation for what i experienced but none nonetheless it was very spooky and something i'd never experienced before i take a hot shower i get out the mirror is right there in front of me and i look towards it and notice two shiny objects i'm like what look back and there is silver halos around where my eyes are that are probably, I don't know, five or six inches away from the center of my eye. So perfect circles around like my this, eye. Like... Yeah, like this big. All right. And they're like, they're, there's a stroke on them. So like a silver stroke and then clear, like nothing. And then my eyes, the whole circumference of where my, not just my pupils, but like all of my eyes are holographic in the sense that they're fluctuating in, in, in sort of color and lightness and they're shining. And so it looked like one of those weird creepy pasta images that you see online of when people put like, yeah. you know, illustrations of shadow people or those, you know, sort of spooky uh, paintings that people share on Instagram of, uh, you know, men in black where it's just like their right. white eyes and, and they're all a silhouette. That's what it looked like, Garrett. And so that's, I'm fr that's freaky jam. Yeah. That's like, how long did it last for? For as long as the wind, for as long as uh, the mirror was, was foggy. Right. And wow. so I didn't find a ton online about it. I stumbled down a Reddit forum. Um, so who's to say if, if there's a legitimate, like it's telling me a legitimate reason for this. And I know there's probably just a, like, a, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this and I'm saying this publicly on this podcast and people are, somebody's going to email me and go like, dude, there's like a simple, simple explanation. I'm sure yeah. there is. I'm not saying there isn't. It's definitely probably completely natural phenomenon based off of the humidity within the room. Uh, how mm -hmm. the, the, the cones of your eyes reflect light. I do know this, that it was not able to be photographed, that whatever was happening mm. was directly just in my vision through my eyeballs because I tried and it would not show up on camera. So Interesting. what's really fascinating to this about me and what it reminded me was that the relationship between what we are taking in from the outside world, whether that's consensus reality or an anomaly, sometimes cannot be seen by practical technical devices such as a camera lens, but can right, only right. be viewed through the spectrum of our human uh, consciousness and technically through what our capabilities of seeing whatever spectrums, whatever visible light spectrums are available for us. So... I want to ask you this as we kind of wrap up here. How, how much of this do you think describes why there's so kind of little sort of photographic evidence for the phenomenons that are out there? And we have some, right? And some, some would say that mm -hmm. we have a lot of sort of physical photographic evidence. And we right. even have more that we haven't, you know, seen or, or rediscovered yet. But for the most part, it's really hard to capture this stuff. Even though we all walk mm -hmm. around with phones all the time, we're on Instagram and all this stuff, it's really hard to capture things. And there is a lack of substantive images as opposed to bird pictures or cat videos. 
right, totally. Do you think that's why? Maybe we're only able to see this stuff? Yeah, it's like a special... Um, it's a part of our senses that uh, maybe we're only tuned to. Or like, you know, it's very subjective, I think. And then people, um, you know, are seeing it through their like cultural lenses or like their social lenses as well. Like that's, I think that was one of the main things about like Mothman or, you know, or like, mm. it's just like people are, people are seeing it um, or like Jacques Vallée kind of like people used to see it as angels and fairies and now it's aliens, but like, you know, it's like our culture kind of informing what we're seeing a little bit, like giving us the, 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 the words and images kind of, to like build a, uh, you know, sorry, some sort of context to what we're seeing, a, right. a presentation right. of what that is that we can relate to essentially. And our phone can't do that. Right. Our phone can't interpret it that right. way yet. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and now um, it's presenting as oranges as peeled oranges. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. Yes. I like Jeremy has put like, maybe these oranges are some kind of intelligence. We just don't understand. They're not, they look like oranges, right? but there's something more to them. Like he took one in order to do some, uh, you know, tests research on it. Yeah. You te- guys yeah, should totally. do tests on them. I mean, I hear all oh, these yeah. stories about people experiencing a ports and D ports, right? Like this phenomenon of a bunch of pennies showing up in somebody's house out of nowhere. And people going like, where do these pennies come from? They're all over the place. Right. And we talk about things like <laughs> mysterious sky falls, meat falls. Right. You know, um, there was just a video that was released today of a town in Mexico where a whole flock of birds fell from the sky. And <laughs> nobody knows why. Yeah, that's so wild. So these things occur. Maybe they're even happening more and more right now. I'm not sure. That would be really mm-hmm. interesting to track and follow. We should mm-hmm. continue paying attention to this, and maybe we'll see something, you know, be generated within the liminal Earth, um, you know, reporting system. But needless to say, um, th- these experiences do shape what our relationship can be, and it's infinitely exciting just to imagine what these things could be. Now imagine. If we had some sort of physical proof through these oranges that are of <laughs> <No>. alien origin. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I always love exploring the strange with you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on to this, um, you know, sort of podcast exclusive uh, segment for Night Drift. And where can people s- give give me all your information for where people can join up with you on Wednesday nights and, and uh, follow the map or even report something anomalous or significantly strange to them on liminal earth. Yeah. So if you've ever seen anything weird or strange or from the beyond, you can go to liminal.earth and just submit your report to us and we'll mark it on our map. And we also have wufu W U F O dot watch watch, And that is where we do a weekly thing about like what we're going to be um, going out to do that week. And everyone's invited to participate with us. And we're going to try to start doing some live streaming, have a live stream in bed um, so that people can um, from the East Coast can start it. And we have friends over there and then we'll we'll take over on the West Coast and then have guests and people coming to share with what they're experiencing in their part of the country. So those are the two main places. Um, you mentioned that horrible show Nine One One Live. Oh yeah, and you're like, this <laughs> yes. is almost like Nine One One Live, but you know, like not evil. <laughs> yeah, 
I would love that though. It's just like, oh, let's go to New Mexico. We hear that someone is like seeing something, you know, and like we can have someone join from that area, just like aiming the, their phone into the sky oh and like let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Like a live, like we're in the studio, like you know, shuffling papers and like. Yeah, I just can't. I would. I would love to do. We've that. got a report. Like you a throw beat. the papers all up in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. Oh, Garrett, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much for yes. being on the program. Continue the great work over there, and uh, we'll talk soon. And keep us posted on the oranges. Yes, I will. Right, Thanks, thank Jim. you, man. Take care. relationship to it. This is Night Drift with Jim Perry on Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. That's right. We are back here on this edition of Night Drift. I heard there's a big game going on tonight. I don't even know what that means. Soccer? What are we talking about here? I kid. I know what's going on. I'm a red-blooded American. But that's okay. I never thought I'd have a program competing with the Super Bowl or, or the big game. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to get fined by the FCC? <laughs> oh, my career is over here. 
on KKNW. But thank you for joining us here tonight. I wanted to thank our uh, sponsors real quick, AMC Network, Shudder, BetterHelp. And starting this week, a really cool crowdfund campaign for the film The Build-Out. You'll hear more about that later. Also, exclusive to our radio broadcast, advertiser Elaine at therisingmoon.com. Look at that. I've invited Elaine to chat with us tonight. And of course, thank you all for listening, and uh, whether the live radio broadcast or the Euphemet podcast feed. If you have become a patron over at patreon.com slash euphemet, many, many thanks to you. Now to our guest. Elaine Hathaway is a psychic healer who offers more than 20 years of experience via tarot readings and energy management practices to help clients heal and move on from past emotional trauma. She believes her purpose is to positively impact other human beings and awaken their own life goals, joys, and aspirations. Hey, Elaine. Hi, Jim. How are you? Oh, very good. I'm getting a little tongue-tied because I'm over-caffeinated for one and for two I've been really excited to speak with you for the last couple of weeks. I've been waiting for this moment. Well, so have I. And I didn't know it was the Super Bowl. And take heart. I doubt you have much of a crossover audience. So I think this is <laughs> just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might. Uh, I think you might be right there. So um, listen, let's jump right into it. You know, I would I would love an opportunity for you to best introduce yourself and maybe, you know, tell us how you would describe yourself and what you do to people. Okay, what I do to people, that sounds ominous. What I do mm-hmm. for people mm-hmm. <laughs> is I help them find whatever might be holding them back in their lives. Um, a lot of the times we feel like we're having the same relationship over and over again, repeating cycles in our lives. It's p- partially because we are. We come here, this entire life experience is a giant university, ex- essentially, where we're trying to learn lessons. Mm. And sometimes if we can't learn the lesson, it's ever escalating. If you look at the greater world, that's kind of happening as well. We're very change resistant. And so the reasons to change have been ever escalating and the pressure ever increasing. Now, if you take that at the macro level, that's the world. If you take it at the micro level, that's the personal. And (laughs) that's what happens as well. And whenever I lay out a spread, I can see both the future, the present, but the past. And the past is the area that we're trying to resolve the most issues from. And so frequently the answers to what we need to do for the future are contained in what we need to resolve in the past. And just to make a really quick correction, I've only been doing this professionally for a few years, um, but I have been reading tarot and doing magic for close to 30 because I am not young. (laughs) I I call myself a Chromecast because there are three stages in a magical person's life and a magical woman's life. And this not to be gendered, but I am a woman. So it is the maiden, the mother and the crone and the crones have all the experience. And essentially we're supposed to have the most control over our power as well. The raw power of an initiate is the maiden's power and then the loving caring mothering nature of the mother um, is somewhat limited in that it begins to have more of a universal um uh, like application for magic when you're a maiden you're working from self when you're a mother you're working from the whole when you're working as a crone then you have access to both the initiate power and then the networking kind of global power and then you also have the hopefully the wisdom that's the 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 idea behind it hopefully the wisdom to know what to do and what not to do which is important in magic and um what kind of happened to me is that I mean, I don't know how far you want me to go back, but I can tell you how I discovered that I was a channel or a divine conduit. Yeah, That's yeah. What if, if, if we can, we'll, we'll set the table for everyone with exactly okay. kind of how you first discovered you, you may have abilities or, or discovered that you, you could be potentially on a path 
And then after that, we'll, we'll kind of let's circle back and then lay out some of uh, the ways that you're able to, to, to help people and work with people. Um, so, so firstly, you know, sort of tell us about maybe mm-hmm. one of the first times that, that you felt like you maybe had psychic abilities or, or that you were on a path. Okay. So like, uh, first of all, I did not have any kind of, uh, my childhood was exceptionally damaging. I was sexually abused. I was physically abused. I was bullied. I was neglected. I was abandoned. Like it's, it's amazing that I don't fling my own poo type of not having a good nurturing experience. And that is, first of all, I think we need to normalize talking about things like that simply because it's one of the ways people heal make it normal and people are going to be like oh it's just a problem to fix versus a shameful secret that we hide so sincerely just about every form of abuse that could happen to a person happened to me i don't recommend it but i am okay when i was 12 years old this ties into how i know that i was attached to something when i was 12 years old my caretaker at that time was my alcoholic grandmother Um, She was actually quite ill. I didn't know that at the time, neither did she. She was smoking in bed in a very, very large, but entirely empty house. So an eight bedroom house, that was almost entirely empty. She dropped the cigarette on the mattress, went down to the room at the other end of the house, which was directly below mine. And the house began to catch fire and fill up with smoke. I was 12 years old. I was the only other person in the house. And I could not wake up. I, the, later, the fireman told me it's very unusual for people to wake up in a mattress fire because they usually just suffocate. Wow. I was having a dream and I dreamt that somebody was blowing cigar smoke into my face and telling me you have to wake up. And I didn't wake up and I was trying because I was deeply, deeply asleep. I'm sure I was also quite frankly dying. Um, and then I heard somebody calling my name saying, Elaine, the house is on fire. You have to wake up. And I didn't respond and I didn't respond, but it was very audible. It was like somebody was in the room with me and I again heard Elaine, you have to wake up. The house is on fire. Something grabbed me and threw me out of the bed. I landed about two feet away from the bed. And at that point, I, it's not that I've ever heard voices. And yes, of course I've asked the question, are you sure you're not just schizophrenic? Pretty sure because whatever talks to me helps people. And it doesn't do it all the time. And it never urges me to do anything that I shouldn't be doing. And it's not a separate entity. It's simply something within within me. And throughout the course of my life, whenever there was a traumatic instance or uh, when I was in danger, that would kick in again. And so Mm. that was my first experience with it. And because I was so like I was (laughs) because I was bullied as well, I spent all my time alone reading um, in that giant big house all by myself. I had like this little fantasy world inside of my head and I was almost exclusively attracted to stories about good people. Hmm. So I liked C.S. Lewis. I liked uh, L.M. Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables series. Um, it was the late 70s. So like a lot of very moralistic TV, which is good because that's the stuff that raised me. Right. <laughs> like nobody yeah. bothered to. And so it was fiction. And then the only nice thing in my life was my alcoholic grandmother would save up all of her money all year long in order to send me to Quaker farm camp. Hmm. And it turns out there's only one. And I ended up reading a couple of people from there. And I absolutely adore the Quakers because they don't really work from scripture. Instead, they try to live their faith. 
And so these were great role models for me. Mm -hmm. And I looked forward to that every summer long. And that was really the influence of like what made me into a person was I valued goodness. I valued kindness. And um, my 20s, just a dumpster fire of bad decisions in terms of relationships. (laughs) But that makes sense. You know, you come out a lot of toxicity, you're going to have to heal from toxicity. And just consistently kept going towards it. I, I was aware that I can make things happen for a long time. Mm. Like I talk about something and it would happen to this day that will happen. Mm. I will mention something. And then the next thing I know it's in my path, it's called manifestation and I can manifest things. So I was aware, and I was such a fanciful kid that I was already going towards magic. I read a book called follow the leader. And in it, the girl had a guide dog named Sirius, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, but there was a quote. It is better to light a single candle than to sit and curse the dark. And Mm. that like became my, my battle cry for life. No matter how dark things got, just try to make one thing better. Just try to make one thing better. And it's basically a life philosophy. And when we talk about things like religion and faith, we conflate the two and they, they aren't meant to be conflated. Faith is a connection to the divine. It is a belief in a divine power that there is something more than we are. Religion is the power structure, usually built mainly by men, around that in order to try and utilize the faith of people. It's usually used for control, usually for subjugation of women, but for control of the population in general. It doesn't mean there's no validity to it. It just means it has an agenda, whereas faith does not. And if you have faith, if you have a connection to the divine, you can get through anything because I am tapped in and I do get very direct things, Hmm. but anybody can tap in. Anybody can tap in. We're all pretty much psychic. We just don't lean into it, but everybody can heal themselves and everybody does have damage. And tarot is one of the best tools to finding where that is. It's like therapy on speed. Because what half the role of therapy is listening to what you say to a therapist to uncover your personal truths. It is like expediting that process when you can have, and not all tarot readers do it. I'm sure they can. It helps to have a good emotional understanding of, you know, basically somebody's structure. But if you look at somebody's cards and see their emotional structure, you can find their wounds. And when you find the wounds, you can figure out how to heal. So I really love tarot because it's so diverse and it has so many different applications. I can read it for spell work and see how a spell is going to turn out. I can look in somebody's future and see like, oh, this relationship's coming up, but be careful with this, that, or the other. But the more important thing is reclamation of self, finding a way to build yourself into the strongest, most productive highest self that you can be within this lifetime, because then you're joyful and you're happy. We have a very messed up idea of what success in this world is. It is not a bank balance. It is feeling joyous within your existence. And one of the ways to get there is through healing and tarot can help you do that. Well, we're here with Elaine Hathaway and she's uh, telling us about her life. She's telling about our practice and we're learning more about tarot and, and her life as a, as she says, a divine conduit. And uh, we're going to go to break right now. And if you'd like to call and speak with Elaine, if you had any questions about tarot, and I'm not sure, maybe maybe Elaine even wants to do a, a reading. I'm not sure. Um, of course, our number, 888-298-5569. This is Night Drift with Jim Perry.
deeper into the night. Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. To the rest of the world, lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. We are back here on Night Drift. UFM Season 5 continues this week with a new episode on Thursday, the 17th. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear this show on the Sanberry feed. In the weeks to come, guests will include Cheryl Costa on UFO reports and the return of Greg Newkirk of Hellier. Follow us on social media to keep up on all of that, of course. It's at Euphemet. And if you want more of the program, you can find it on the Euphemet feed. Do you have a paranormal experience that has changed your life? You can share it with me, jim at euphemet.com, for a chance to be a feature on Euphemet. And we are back here with Elaine Hathaway on her life as a divine conduit. And we're taking your calls at 888-298-5569. And Elaine, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Night Drift. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of information to tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's, that's what I do. People come to me for information, I give it to them. It's not coming from me, it's coming from somewhere else usually. Okay, explain that a little bit. Um, where are these things coming from, you think? Um, well, very obviously, I and I have reason to, but I have an unshakable faith in a divine power. So they come from what are celestial beings or divine power. Um, is it as simple? Is it the definitions of any religious tome or Bible? No, I really don't believe so. Um, For all I know, the divine is simply if there really is a collective consciousness and we have higher and higher expressions of ourselves, perhaps the divine is just the highest expression of the collective. Mm. I don't know. There are things beyond our understanding when we're in this form. I think that we are here trying to connect to our highest self so that we can help this very problematic life form evolve. Because we have a thing with humanity where we advance to a certain point in technology 
or an advancement and we start destroying each other. And it mm. happens over and over and over throughout the cycles of history. Um, one of the things about like my, my not well parents actually were very, very bright and very well educated. And so at least I had an intellectually challenging experience growing up. It wasn't all just, you know, a veil of tears. There's plenty of joy, happiness and escapism in it as well. But one of the things that always fascinated me was history. And it's just like what I was talking about with the tarot. If you want the answers to the present, look to the past. They're mm, there. Right. And we keep repeating that, these cycles. That idea that history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes, right? Yes. And it, there's, we're in, there are cycles that repeat over generations. We are in one, we're at a crux, we're at a turning point where we can choose to take things in a really, really good direction. Or obviously, we can turn to keep going down the path that we are, and the planet's literally falling apart around us. So it would be really good if we could all pull together and start figuring out how to serve the greater good versus just the personal good. Because when you do serve the greater good, you are serving the personal good. You will never be happier. You will never feel more successful. You will never have a greater joy in your existence than when you like yourself. Mm -hmm. And you will like yourself more and more if you simply try and hold yourself to a standard. And don't think about having faults. Think about things you want to improve. We're all working towards being a better version of ourselves. And when you were asking me earlier, what I want people to know about tarot, that's its best use. Hmm. Now there, like there's all different forms of tarot. And I read on YouTube, there's escapist tarot, which is nothing but romantic stories and twin flame reunions. And that's your soulmate. And here's a letter from your soulmate. Mm -hmm. It's clearly not the type of reading that I do, but I'm not denigrating it. Yeah. There is room for that. We need those things to help us. We need these stories. We need these things to believe in. We need these ways to emotionally soothe ourselves. And there is a form of tarot that can do that. There's also a form of tarot that is all about how to get back at your enemies. And like, sure. don't do that form either. <laughs> I don't do that form either. <laughs> but you can look into career advancement. You can also look into spiritual advancement. And I do a form of tarot that's about advancement in all areas, both mm professionally, spiritually, emotionally, and eventually when you have a really good relationship with yourself, you won't put as much weight on romantic relationships because most of them break under the strain of trying to do that person's inner work. Right. And that's what causes so many problems in relationships. Do your own work, learn self-love, and the relationships you have will thrive and survive in a way that they can't if they're trying to serve multiple functions, including like, hey, do half of my work from my internal world in an exterior fashion. It just yeah. doesn't, doesn't work out. Well, it's always it's always easier to find love when you already feel like you love yourself, you know, and and whether that's love from a person or love for um, a, a project or a career. Like, I feel like once you have some of that inner work figured out and and you love yourself, it 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 tends to happen easier. Uh, Aline, you know, I'm really interested for, for folks with you like like yourself. You know, you do a, a YouTube video series. You have these videos on YouTube. You have these uh, these sessions that you offer, these readings that you offer clients. So you have a client base. Uh, you are firmly set within uh, divining as a practice. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, what, what does your daily routine look like for that? Are you kind of like in training or do you have like sort of a, a healthy routine that you do for yourself that is different than kind of what you do for clients? Um, well, first of all, yes and no. And secondly, it's not as involved as people think it is. I came this way. I barely had to train. I know mm -hmm. how to do magic. It works. 
Um, it's called, that's when you, you say how to, you, you, keep, you keep saying she says she's a divine conduit. Mm-hmm. Um, information comes to me and it works. And I don't, like, I never had to study it. So I'm not sure what that is, but it appears to be a channel to divine knowledge or universal knowledge. Mm-hmm. Most of my stuff comes that way. So what do I do during the day? Um, I work out a lot because it's a good grounding practice. Um, in your ad, you were talking about anxiety issues. Anxiety is intuition turned in the wrong direction. It's turned inwards. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact opposite of intuition. As a, for instance, if you are working with trying to hone your intuition, it's one of the best cures for anxiety. Now you do have to work on your chakra points first. And I have to work on my chakras kind of a lot. Um, I usually do that after work. I actually use physical sound bowls because spoiler alert, I hate to meditate. I don't like meditating in the traditional fashion. I am not somebody meant to sit still in a lotus position. So I do open eye meditation. I do spirit guide ones where I fall asleep to them. I also do ones where <laughs> there are a lot of things I can do to get myself into a receptive state. Sit still and make my mind still is not one of them. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. And how do I know that I'm a channeler versus just like some shooting from the hip i have to go back and watch my own readings half the time there there's information in there for me i have no recollection of what i've said after i've uh, recorded a video i have to go back and watch it and sometimes i'm like in terms of what (laughs) came through and i speak at an incredibly rapid pace because i don't have to pause for thought i'm not formulating sentences they're coming to me from somewhere else so my my daily routine is i get up and i do have iodine supplements that's one of the ways you can it's called decalcifying your pineal or pineal gland. I have no idea how you pronounce that. I've only ever read it. I've never heard it spoken by anyone who would really know. Um, That is one of the problems. Fluoride in our diet does dampen down our ability to connect with our own psychic intuition. And you would want to switch to things like Tom's toothpaste, which is one of the things that I use. You're going to want to add in a lot of antioxidants. So I stir in cacao, organic cacao powder into my coffee every morning. And I'm a bad witch. I don't drink a lot of tea, which is like to drink something that's brewed. I'm not a big tea drinker. I'm a little bit of an outlier. I didn't have to learn a discipline I created a form of magic based on um, candle magic and folk magic mixed together. Uh. And it's very complicated. I don't understand how I know how to do it. I do know I need to teach it. There aren't a lot of celestial and angelic mag- magic practitioners here. It's because it has, it's the only magic defined, basically designed to essentially defeat evil. It transmutes energy from dark energy to light energy. That is its main purpose. In fact, I just put up Healing Chaos Magic yesterday on my YouTube channel. Please check that out. It's all of a minute and a half long, but it is for help to help people balance their karmic scales. If you were in a situation where you were wronged or taken advantage of and you were truly it truly the person taken advantage of working with good intent, that can help. That can help rebalance energetic scales. And that's what magic is. It's pushing energy around and rearranging it into a better shape, taking the dark stuff and transmuting it into light stuff. And why do we want light versus dark? Because we have to have balance. We all have a dark side. The goal is, because we all have a monster within, is you get to know your monster and you tame that sucker. And it's still there so you can utilize its power, but your higher mind, your higher consciousness is what helps you choose going towards a purposeful path. And a purposeful path is best defined by what it is you wish to accomplish in this life. Apparently, what I wanted to accomplish more than anything was helping other people. 
Hmm. which is hilarious because I'm so introverted that like talking to other people can be painful for me. Hmm. But and nobody guesses that either. I come off as an ext- extrovert and <laughs> I am not. I am not. I could go six months without talking to another person. I'd be happy as could be. Right. But I have to talk to other people to help them. I was yeah. given like a gift to be able to help people find their answers. And it's mostly trauma victims like energy will attract like energy, but they're very, very powerful people. If you have intense emotions in either direction, that is actually power. If you heal the trauma, then you have the power. Okay. We're going to go back to the phone line. We're going to try Jamie once again. Jamie, hello. Hello. You've called Night Drift. Hi there. Is Jim online? Yep. This is Jim. Hey, thanks for calling Night Drift. Uh, do you have a I question for Elaine? Again, I still can't hear any responses, so I'm just going to go ahead. I'm just calling from Southern Oregon down near Ashland, Medford, K Falls area. Um, I am like a native Oregonian and have lived here my entire life. So I was just curious as to what your thoughts maybe on the 45th parallel in relation to like Oregon Vortex and some of the weird anomalous stuff that's going on in like the central southern part of the state. Uh, Never had been down here to this area prior to this year. I got on with a new job and my delivery route is me going through a lot of uh, two-lane highways and mountain passes and all right thanks uh thanks there uh jamie i don't i don't don't know if you can you can hear me but um uh, thank you for that question it it was addressed to me about the 45th parallel and the the energy vortex let let, all all will be happy to cover that in a future program tonight we're we're talking with elaine um i don't think that's a a, um not her area (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as we're talking about <laughs> tarot and, and energy cleaning. So, yeah, so I'll get to that in a future program, but thank you so much for calling, my friend. Listen, uh, Elaine, you know, can you explain a little bit about energy cleansing? I mean, it's it's uh, something that I've experienced myself. I've had a cleansing, <laughs> and uh, I personally, yeah, I, I really felt the benefits of, of such a thing. Can, can you explain really, it a little bit? It's really, really easy to explain. And, and like people don't think of this way. Have you ever been to a concert? Sure. Okay. okay so the crowd gives you a vibe. Mm-hmm. You walk out in the mood of the crowd. You've all been dancing around. Woo! That's energy in the air. Your personal energies can be impacted by the vibrations of what is around you. We think about music and tones are the easiest way to kind of transmute. Transmuting is changing something to something else, Mm. your energy to something that is more beneficial. Um, When we're talking about anxiety, which so many people suffer from now, and it is partially because we have a very flawed definition of success. That's one of my little, like, I go back to that like a dog with a bone. (laughs) But sincerely, a lot of people have anxiety and depression issues. Sacral chakra work, root chakra work, and uh, solar plexus chakra work will help with that. And how does it work? Energy is moved by vibration. So if happy music is being played, those vibrations come to you, they impact you, you absorb the sound. We're very, very, very susceptible to sound. We're very Mm. attuned to it. We're attuned to smell as well. And there are parts of us that like, have you ever gotten a tingling at the back of your neck when something's like, uh, this does not feel good. Oh, that yeah. if you, it's you're reacting first of all to some chemicals that you can smell, but also you're reacting to the energy around you. Mm. Your energy can 
is malleable. And if you're working with somebody who has opened up their energy centers in order to almost all Reiki healers are being opened up to, again, universal power. If you don't like the word divine, that's cool, but it is universal power. Universal power can be channeled through a Reiki healer, a healer of like, I do some energy healing as well, but like, I recommend that people go to real Reiki masters and tuning fork people if they're doing significant energy work. I deal with helping people kind of offload their emotional trauma. It's like getting tuned up before you go in for that work to find out, to offload the baggage that you cannot carry forward. And the reason that energy work can be so beneficial, and you said that you felt the impact of it, is sincerely when you are with someone, you are sharing their energy. Mm. Their intent has an impact on you. Yeah. It's the same thing with like, um, it, it, this, this goes back to some religious stuff, but again, I am, I'm, I'm a little anti-structured religion. I'm just super, super into the divine. Right. If you go into every religious tone though, look at the teachers of that religion. They're all basically saying the exact same things. The structure that's built around it is about rules for society. Right. But one of the things that they say, and it's all allegorical and metaphorical, one of the things that they say is, you know, if, if two or three are gathered in my name, then essentially you're joining your energy for a common goal. Right. You're harnessing the energy of the people there together, reaching for your highest self. Yeah. When you're with an energy healer, you're going in with something like, I, uh, it's like, please, I'm just energetically sick as can be. Hmm. And that person in a protected way is like, oh, okay, well, there's your heart chakra. I will channel focused and intensified energy into that area via vibrations, sometimes via acupressure, acupuncture, sometimes simply by, there are people who do forms of healing that I haven't even experienced where they, they do it on a psychic level as yeah. well. Right. And why does it work? I, I suspect it's a brain function we don't understand yet. We really don't understand everything yet. Yeah. I love science. Yeah. Science is like, I've like, I love the space program growing up. I've loved, like, I, we, we talked a little bit about that in an email. My personal heroes are all scientists. Yeah. I do believe that there is a scientific explanation for almost everything. We simply don't have it yet. We are still in our infancy of understanding everything. Oh, right. Keep in mind, keep yeah. an open mind to everything. And don't, the, the term woo woo, I get it. Some people really like, they don't seem to be very grounded. It's very right. important to be we grounded. We do not use that term on this program. I beg your pardon? We don't use that term on this program. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I hear it a lot. Yeah, I hear I it a lot it's in a very productive yeah. fashion. Yeah. And instead of thinking it of it that way, it's like, well, maybe it's just another building block to add into your personal structure. Right. Don't judge it with a like dismissive term. It's okay if we don't understand why something works yet. We just need to know that it does. Yeah. If you approach something in an open fashion, you're very likely to receive the benefits from it. If you close your mind to, there's no validity to that because it comes with a silly story. And some <laughs> of them are silly, but we have to break them down into things that can be understood. Right. Yeah. So a lot of this has, I believe, scientific validity behind it. It's just the ways the stories are told are kind of like cutting up meat for kids so that you have something that you can chew and digest. But there's simply more to it than that. There's a greater whole. Yeah. We're just taking it in little pieces. So why does energy healing work? I'm not entirely positive. I think it is based on energetic vibrations. And I know that there are people who can essentially manipulate energy in a way that is beneficial for somebody else because partially they believe that they can. 
And there really is a collective consciousness. If you trends are one of the things that will is the easiest thing to point to in. Can you tell me how what, what you're talking about with a collective consciousness? It's not that long ago. A lot of people started wearing rings on their index fingers. I did as well. And it, I like it just occurred to me one day. I'm like, oh, this will fit on my index finger. And like suddenly everybody was. Mm. Yeah. Trends, we, we have these things that are an underlying current. Think in terms of energy. Everything is energy. We are energy. This is energy. Energy makes everything. There are underlying currents. Think of currents. Whenever you think of healing, whenever you think of tarot, think of the current of energy. And it might make it a little, it might demystify it a little bit. It is simply a process that we have not fully defined yet because we don't really understand our brain capacities yet. Right. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, as uh, quantum science continues to evolve, it's telling us more things about so much that was once considered supernatural. And listen, so much that uh, could be considered science fiction or mythology is just that until it starts to become reality. And we've seen a history that we've lived through that those things continue to become consensus reality eventually. So, <laughs> well, and if you look at a lot of the events of the last few years, it's pretty outlandish. Like, sincerely, we've had fire tornadoes. I'm not kidding you. The Gulf of Mexico, the actual water was on fire because of pipeline underneath the surface. Like, and you can, like, you can look that up. Yeah. Was the Gulf of Mexico on fire? You're going to see all these little fire boats surrounding what appears to be a flaming ocean, right. bombarding it with chemical retardants. Yeah. And it really happened. But that is one of those things where it's like reality doesn't feel so real any longer. Yeah. There's a lot more going on than we believe there is. It's almost as if it's almost as if we've overloaded something and now the manifestations of reality are like this, it's like a B script for an old horror movie or yeah, something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find your grounding and all that. Listen, Elaine, we only have a few minutes left. Maybe you can just take these minutes to to describe where people can go and find your work and connect with you best. Um, you can connect with me on YouTube. That's Chromecast, C-R-O-N-E-C-A-S-T, Chromecast. It will ask you, do you mean Chromecast? No, you don't. You mean Chromecast. <laughs> Chromecast at the Rising Moon and then at therisingmoon.com is my website. And then the thing I'd really, really like people to know that has nothing to do with my services is that whatever you're suffering from, whatever you're plagued by, there is actually something that can help you. If it isn't this, go towards healing. Healing is a superpower. You are more powerful than you believe yourself to be heal what has damaged you and you will know yourself and you will have true power yeah oh thank you so much elaine uh we, you know we have much more conversation to attend to at a future date uh you've got a lot of information and i think we only scratched the surface and i look forward to speaking with you again on night drift elaine sounds good jim it was nice to talk to you and thank you everyone for listening to another edition of night drift i'm jim perry this is Night Drift on Alternative Talk, KKNW 1150 AM Seattle. You can hear the show anytime on its podcast feed, wherever you listen to them. Just go to euphemet.com for more. And join us this Thursday on the Euphemet feed when a brand new feature is released. It's, it's really scary. It's really captivating. And I think you're going to love it as season five of Euphemet continues. And next week, next Sunday more live night drift.
follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.